I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you're listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. It's been a while, but it's glad to be I'm glad to be recording again, that's for sure. How about you, Buck? It's good to be back. It's been a it's been a minute. <laughs> that's right. And that's pretty much all Chuck's fault. Uh life's been busy, <laughs> but that's okay. Still find the occasional time to play some games and definitely want to talk about some of those today in this episode it's been a while i don't know how long it's actually been since one of our episodes we just sat down and talked about a few of the games that we've been playing that we want to bring to your guys attention that we think may or may not be worth your time yeah it's been a that's definitely been a hot minute that's been probably a couple months ago maybe you mean it's been that long since i've talked about mmos for an hour yes exactly since we had the last episode we talked about 14 and wow so well you better just go back to that episode and uh, re-listen, because this episode, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. And I'm not either. Yeah. Call it a surprise, but people are probably getting sick of t- talking about Final Fantasy XIV. You know, maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe. just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got, I'll say I've had a, a few games I've been playing over the last uh, two months or so, some, some more than others, but a lot of obviously big releases like we were talking about uh that were coming out in September that we were really excited about. Buck, I'm just going to let you uh, lead us off here. All right, well, I'll start with one of the September releases that I know I was really hyped up for. I don't think you were as much. I don't know if you played it yet, and that's uh, actually it was a late August release, the Astral Chain. I have not, but it's one of those ones that I almost regret not picking up because it looks ridiculously good. It's It's definitely good. I mean, it's... Super uber stylish, and I'd say one of the best looking Switch games out there. But it's got all the Platinum Games glory, if you know what I'm talking about there. It definitely has their level of polish and kind of over-the-top action that I feel like only a Platinum title really empowers you and makes you feel. I think, actually, Devil May Cry 5, I know you played earlier this year. I think it's uh, probably a lot like that action-wise as far as just stylish and over the top. But, it very well could be. I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> necessarily as complex, but I know that you don't necessarily have the comparison there in front of you because you haven't played uh, DMC5, and I know that's not necessarily one of your favorite franchises, so you probably haven't spent as much time with it as I have. But the game does look like it has some some pretty cool systems. It's uh, definitely an interesting control scheme. Yeah, it kind of breaks down where basically the right stick is is kind of like your... Um, your astral, your whatever you want to call it, your demon dude, the guy you see in all the previews, and then the left stick, you control your character, and of course you have your normal attacks with, you know, guns, swords, and whatnot with the face buttons, and then you're always connected uh, by the uh, the astral chain, of course, the chain itself, and you can use that to uh, uh, tie up your enemies, to actually use like bull sticks to wrap it around them and then um your astral your demon dude has several different abilities and then as you go through the game you get i think about five or six different ones i think it's five it's five yeah i've done a little bit of research there so just based on based on the level you pretty much i mean i would say there's a lot of customization but there's really not a ton because based on the level you get the the astrals you pretty much have to use those guys to save uh get through the puzzles in that level can't talk tonight but each one of the astro i don't actually think they're called astrals but i can't remember exactly what they're called either they do have their own skill trees as you level them up though right you can teach them different abilities they definitely do you can level them up i mean it's 
It's definitely not Path of Exile. So, I mean, it's not super complicated. Certainly, I, mean, I, I wouldn't a, expect it. A small system to level them up, but I mean, I didn't find it to really change it too terribly much. Are they mostly passives? Uh, they're mostly, there's different abilities and stuff, but mostly the biggest differences in them is they all kind of have a gimmick. Like there's the main one that you get at the beginning is just basically like you're a sword guy would call them. Then you get like a, a dude that's a range guy shoots a bow. Then you get like a super powerful guy that can, um, that the guy with like the barrier. Burgers. Oh no. Yeah, no, this is like a dude with like that doesn't do leg day and just has like a huge upper body, and he can oh, lift nice. stuff and and throw it at people. So that guy's actually pretty cool, but he's really slow. Oh, and then you got the dude with the great sword and the shield, and then you got the doggo, right? Yes. Yeah. So they, yeah, they all look pretty interesting. Uh, they all definitely have a, a a nice identity to them. They have their the different scenarios in combat. And uh, I assume the puzzles, too, where they uh, they come into their own. How much do those like the the different uh, we'll call the Mastrals at this point. Uh, how much <laughs> do they play into or do they play at all set. into the like detective aspects of the game? So that's kind of the thing about the game is split up in the, the two different parts, the actual um, detective work part and then the, you know, the action side of it. Um, they play into it. Each one, that's the thing that kind of plays into it. Um, each level, you have to use their passive gimmick, basically. Like I was saying, like the roided, the real strong guy, you have to lift all the stuff. Like the uh, original main guy, he can actually heal people, which doesn't make any sense, but he can He's heal like them. He's like a cleric melee fighter? <laughs> a cleric dude with two swords in his hands? I don't know. Sure, why not? But yeah, He's he a paladin, randomly... dude. Come on now. Well, what about the dude with the sword and shield? I mean, that seems like a paladin, but I don't know. <laughs> Paladins don't usually um, wield a two-handed sword. I mean, that's true. They usually have a sword and a shield, but yeah. God, Astral Chain is just breaking all of the stereotypes at this point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But well, the sounds... detective part is actually my least favorite part. I thought it slowed down the action too much, and... I don't want the big fan of the detective part. I love the other part of the game, the actual action part of the levels, but I thought the detective part slowed it down. I know, like, the critics were saying how great it was, but I would rather had more action. Yeah, that's that was kind of a strange choice for Platinum overall because, you know, we've both played a lot of their games, and, and they definitely go from set piece to set piece, and there's very little, if any, downtime whatsoever. So that's an interesting thing for them to try... All the other reviews that I've heard, you know, yeah, they like the way it changes up the pace. Um, See, I don't I know. disagree. Maybe because I didn't really give two craps about the story because it's about as I've seen enough anime to know this is a really generic anime story that I just did did not connect with me. I didn't care about it. Yeah, that's fair. Was the was the voice acting at least reasonably good? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, okay. it's, if you watch something from Funimation, you'll probably recognize about everybody. So, I mean, it was solid. It was just really generic plot. Like, it's it's your character, which you either make a male or female, and then they have a twin of the opposite gender. And then, like, the beginning, you go off, and your dad, like, disappears, and you think he dies. And it's just very generic tropes. That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't serviceable. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I was kind of skeptical of that detective stuff in between, you know, the combat sections. Is that, would you consider that like half the game? 
Like yes. literally. Mm. Well, I think I was going through, I mean, a couple of them I got stuck. It was half retarded. So I think it's probably more than half the game for me. Oh boy. <laughs> it seemed like some of the sections took too long. I was like, ah, oh, let's just go on with it. And then you have like a quiz. They'll quiz you. And if you weren't paying attention, like I was kind of playing and trying to get through it and doing something else. I like failed my quiz miserably at the end. So does that mean that you have to go through the entire detective process again? Or do you no, just get like a negative like, penalty? I think you just get less points or something. It's like, so you talked to little John and he said, so-and-so did this. What did he say? I, like, I don't know. I don't remember. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this. So does does the, um, you know, the action segments, do they have like a grading system and things like that? Like your traditional action game? Yes. You get graded. Uh, each thing's broken up into a, a case. Or, which is basically a level and at the end of the case when you wrap it up then you get your grade and you get um, level ups and points based on how well you did oh so, no i think that sounds pretty cool but i'm gonna wait till uh, the price drop really cool game but especially i'd say if they have it like cheap somewhere in black friday i'd say definitely pick it up but the some of the segments here is kind of rough I was I actually loved it more at the beginning, and the more I played it, the more I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready for it to to wrap up. Cause, and that's mainly because of the uh, detective segments. But the action set pieces are freaking awesome. It's platinum greatness. Well, maybe they'll learn from that. Because I think, uh, is it about a 20-hour game? I think I've been hearing. Yeah, I'd say 15, 20 hours. I think you could, you could do worse there with your 60 bucks. I'll probably wait oh. till I... Well, I'll probably wait till I see it for about 30, maybe 40. Pick it up. I need something yeah. else for my Switch. Really bad. <laughs> Tame an Xbox and you can pick it up. Uh, mm, no, not until you give me a review of it. <laughs> You've convinced me first. of this one, but not that one. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go on to uh, one of my September games as well. And this is one that I haven't spent enough time with, and that's pretty criminal, uh, to be fair. And that is uh, a Kickstarter game that I backed. Um, I want to say it was in 2018, and that's uh, Blasphemous. Basically an indie Metroidvania-esque Dark Souls-inspired side-scrolling game. Definitely my cup of tea. Uh, it's kind of very dark and gritty, uh, very like horrific art style. I was mostly drawn to it for that art style and also just like the really... Um, just the, the really solid, you know, combat mechanics. You know, you got your your average melee attacks, magic, platforming, things like that. So as long as, you know, the level design's good and that combat loop is fun, usually you're in for a good time. And uh, so far I've only spent maybe three hours with it. I've had a lot of other stuff come out and I haven't had a whole lot of time this month, unfortunately. So that one kind of went by the wayside, but I'm very... Uh, interested to go back and play it on my PC when I find some uh, some time, hopefully here by the end of the year. But if anybody is uh, you know on the fence about the game, it's about twenty five bucks depending on the platform you get it on. I, th I know it's twenty five on the Switch, and I think it's twenty five on the PS4, but I think you can get it for about fifteen bucks on Steam. I'm not really sure about that because I did back it at fifteen bucks and I got the game. I got a free code for it. There you go. But uh, if, if you're into, uh, I don't want to say hard as nails, but a very challenging, you know, side-scrolling adventure game. It is, it's not necessarily like super open world, but it's your, you know, it's your average kind of Metroidvania experience where it's, it appears open world, but it, it level design is 
somewhat linear depending upon how well the uh, developer uh, did their thing. But I know I watched some videos and the UI looked like just a dead ringer for Dark Souls. Really, it looked like just a two D Dark Souls and would complete with like the stamina gauge and the the health, and it just looked like they just kind of slapped the the UI and the bars from Dark Souls like straight up there. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I mean, see they, where they're going. Yeah, they definitely kind of did. I mean, you die, you have to go back and get your body, get your your soul. I, they're not called souls. I, I I don't remember off the top of my head what they're called, but you do get the currency that you can you know, learn new skills on your skill tree. And uh, there's some other things you can spend it on too. It also has like a little like relic system. Uh, if anybody spent a lot of time with Hollow Knight, that has the charm system that lets you customize your abilities depending upon which ones you have equipped. So it's very similar to that. And um, I would say it's actually more of a side-scrolling action game than it is a Metroidvania game because there's not a ton um, that I've ran into of, you know, progression tools like double jumps and things like that. For right now, it just seems more like a challenging action game. So in that regards, it's even more Dark Souls. Is it like straight divided into levels or is it just like one continuous map? It's one continuous world with like, you know, like a little like hub center where you get like quests from NPCs and you you go out and you 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 do unlock the world. You kind of, you, you know, you go in a... There, you go in a straight line and then you'll loop loop around and you'll get shortcuts and things like that. But as far as unlockable skills uh, that help you traverse, I haven't seen a ton of them yet, if if I've even got any of them at this point. So it's more about just, you know, making that combat loop, you know, more diverse with different moves through your sword or just different magic attacks. But I will say the game is beautiful. Um, it's got a great atmosphere to it. So if you kind of like that dark, ominous vibe, I think you'll definitely have a good time with it. And uh, I, you know, I, I think the team behind it, uh, I think it's Game Kitchen. They did, they did a great job, and they, I think they delivered what they were promising during the Kickstarter itself. So I'm excited to get back to it. Although I don't have a a full review for you guys here. I mean, Game Kitchen's a sweet name, so I already like them. Yeah. Cooking up some beasts of a game. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a good one. One to check out. I don't know if I'll be able to just with all the other stuff coming out, but I feel like it needs some love, especially coming out last month. I'll say maybe it'll come out on Game Pass for you. Hey, that'd be nice. It's a shout out to Game Pass because that's where I've been playing a lot of stuff lately. They got a deal for like you sign up if it's your new, it's two months for two dollars. So and there's a there's a lot of stuff on Game Pass. Like I didn't realize how much new and just good stuff there is on there. Like I know a lot of people are hyped for the Outer Worlds, and day one it's on Game Pass, so it gives me a reason to actually use my Xbox One, which is new and different. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it looks like they have at least 200 games on rotation at any time. Seems like yeah, they have a I ton mean, of them. I just because I saw like there was one of the Shantae games was disappearing, so I downloaded that, and then like. I got Hollow Knight, Dead Cells, Devil May Cry Five, Gears Blood Five, stained. like Bloodstained. Yeah, all kinds of gems on there. So definitely worth it. Yeah, too many good games, not enough time for you. But the price is right. Yeah, for sure. And I'll kind of transition into. I know I just mentioned Dead Cells. So I've been putting a lot of time into that, and I know you did last year. But man, what a freaking fantastic game! As far as roguelikes go, that's that. That's the cream of the crop. No yeah, doubt. Absolutely. And it definitely has some Metroidvania vibes there for you, too. 
yeah, they are there, uh, whether they, they feel kind of as rewarding or empowering as, as a game of, of that type does. I, I'm not sure I, I, I feel like they're that important, but I do like how they give you the option of, you know, taking on levels in, you know, a different order or take, or like kind of like choosing your difficulty per run. That is nice. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, there's always a, a couple options basically at every, after you beat a level, you go to kind of like a, a hub type world. And then there's always two options. Well, until you get like to the very end, but for the most part, there's usually two options after you go through the gameplay loop and complete one of the levels. Yeah, and each run's a nice quick clip. If I remember, it's about 30 minutes. Um, Yeah, depending on how far you get it. It's usually about, I'd say, 45 or so. Day. If you actually get through it, I'd say it's a yeah, 30, 45-minute run. If you're that, that could be. Not... It's, been a, it's been a while. I don't know if I made it that far. <laughs> if you're not doing too well, like I did toward the beginning, it's probably about a 10 to 15-minute run. But, I mean, that's definitely one of the games where you can... You can feel yourself, instead of feeling your character getting stronger, you just feel yourself getting better, which I guess is kind of a roguelike in general. Yeah, and then and when you're, once you've gotten really good and, you know, the RNG hits you in the right way, you know this is your run or it's not. So you just yeah, kind of go for it. There's not as much RNG in that game as there is in a lot of roguelikes, though, because you're always going through the same set path of left. Well, I guess all well the swords and power ups. There could be a lot of RNG in that. I guess and that's what I that's what I was going with. But yeah, the levels are pretty much predetermined uh, outside of what path you choose. So yeah, just the 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 biggest thing for me that I thought was really cool was the amount of different um, weapons, which makes for the amount of different playstyles you can have is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, there seems like I don't. Like I said, I've mostly played it during its early access phase. So back then, I think it probably had around 50 or so. I'm sure it has a plethora more at this point. Yeah, because I just know like just different types of of swords or melee weapons in general. I can think of about 8 to 10 off the top of my head. of Just different actual like builds or types of swords. Or I mean, your foot is a melee attack too, but it's just ridiculous. You have like, it's kind of like Monster Hunter with like the twin blades or the the big old broadsword or um just the, like a small rapier all kinds of and everything the whip has its... for all you castlevania purists yes hey, that's one of the best weapons yeah it's great for uh, aerial enemies if i remember correctly because doesn't it home in on them yeah like the nearest enemy it homes in on everything yeah so that's pretty great and then the sub weapons are where like it, it gets even more interesting because you can hold two of them at any one time it's it's like your average first-person shooter at that point, but it's more fun. Um, you, you can have anything from grenades to magic spells to traps and things of that nature. And then the passives on those, you can, uh, after each level, you can buy and kind of upgrade, and you can get unique passives on all your different weapons, your main and sub-weapons. So you can have, you know, a fire grenade that does, like, you know, 100% extra fire damage if an enemy's poisoned or if they've been frozen it could slow them down or I mean just could spawn random like pink leech dudes to kill people there's just all kinds of weird just passives that can make your character really make your break or build your build is what I found out by the passives 
Yeah, it's, a, it's an extra point of augmentation that lets you like hone in on your different play style by the end of it. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a really cool system, and I'm that's something they did not have uh, during you know early release, but um, I have played it since then, and that is that is really fun. Like they've they've done a lot of good work with that, and they should be applauded. And I mean, I know they've got all the accolades in the world at this point, so we're the last people to talk about it. <laughs> Well, it's just the combat just feels really, right. really good. Like, it's one of the best just feeling games and playing and responsive that I've played in a long time. Like, I know in our Top Hunter games I talked about and gave a lot of love to Rogue Legacy. And like we were just talking about before this, it's probably going to be tough to go back to Rogue Legacy after Dead South. Yeah, for me, the way that it feels in, in, in my hands, it's it's kind of like the first time that I played like a Mega Man X game where the controls just feel right. And you're just like, this probably can't be improved upon. And they really never did because they knew they 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 hit it just the way the character moves, the way the dodges are, uh, how the melee attacks feel um, and all that stuff. That's a so, good comparison. If like something like Rogue Legacy is like the original Mega Man, then this would be like Mega Man X. Totally. Yeah, I know I was late to the party, but definitely one you should check out if you haven't, because it's a great game. Yeah, it's on, on all consoles. It's uh, it goes on sale occasionally. I think it's only what twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Worth it. Yeah, and they just came out with like a new physical edition with the the Rise of the Giants uh, DLC. So. Like a, it's like the game of the year edition or whatever with all the DLC and stuff packed into it. So did that only come out on Switch or did that come out on everything? That came out <coughs> came out, I believe, on everything. I know it came out for sure on Switch and PS4 physical. Okay, I need to pick that up. Wanted a physical copy of that. Yeah, that's, so I'm gonna have to pick up physical copy too, probably on Switch, just because it's cool to have stuff on Switch. Unless there's a freaking ridiculous Switch tax like some of these games, but and yeah, I need I, stuff to play. Right, I, I, I feel you there. <laughs> See, I don't even think I have any Switch games on my... Oh, I do have one Switch game. We'll just go straight to that. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my buddies came to visit, and we were we were going through the uh, Nintendo eShop looking for a fun game to play. And uh, we ran across uh, a little classic called River City Girls, which is a... Oh, nice. Yeah, basically a next-gen... Uh, sequel to River City Ransom, and I was there more than one of those. I can't remember. There was there was the original River City Ransom. I think there were one or two, one or two more in Japan. Then I know there's one that I have on Game Boy Advance too. Okay, yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, River City Ransom was a, a great NES brawler, and uh, River City River City Girls is uh, really cool too. Very very anime inspired. Uh, very humorous uh, storyline to not be taken seriously, but it's it's basically just about a bunch of high schoolers, uh, these two girls that have their their boyfriends kidnapped, and it is their quest to go find out what happened to them. So you're dealing with all of the the rest of the riffraff and teachers at the school, going through the town, like you know, like exploring malls and just beating the shit out of everybody to figure out what's going on. <laughs> the so, guys that get kidnapped for the main characters of the original game. Yes, that's true. And um, so as far as the aesthetics go, it reminded me a lot of actually like a Scott Pilgrim game. Uh, it doesn't have like the deformed little dudes that River City Ransom did. It's got bigger pixel art and it, it's fantastic across the board. Lots of flashy 
animations and way more diversity uh, in the moves you can perform. Obviously, you have your standard, you know, like punch kick combos, things like that. You got your grabs. You can attack enemies on the ground, but you also get like uh, you can go to the shops and buy like super moves. Like one of the characters I was playing can get like Chun Li's lightning legs, <laughs> and they have like all kinds of like flying somersault kicks. And can you do like a stone cold stunner with one of them? Um, I'm not actually sure if that's true, but we did not finish the game, so they do. I'm un- you do unlock. Sure you can because you do unlock more moves as you play through. <laughs> it's so. a shame you didn't get to that. Yeah, maybe you'll just unlock a stunner and not a stone cold stunner. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's all the same thing to me. <laughs> just saying. I, I want to be specific for all the wrestling fans out there. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a lot of fun, and uh, I think the only criticism I have for the game is there's a lot of, or at least what we were trying to do, there seemed to be like a lot of like backtracking where you'd have to go to like certain areas to do certain things for quests. And you'd have to go, you'd have to battle through areas over and over again. And that got kind of tedious. Unlike most, you know, beat em ups where you just go to the right until the end of the stage. That was uh, my big uh, issue with River City Ransom in general, because there would be times where I would just, it wouldn't really give me a direction, or I just missed a cue or something. And I would have to basically dumb luck my way into the right area to be able to continue the game. Yes, and we we ran into that too. We also ran into a couple of situations where it was like, you need to go to this place now. And we'd go there, but like, it would not let us progress. And then we'd go back looking for other places and we'd, you know, much like any like Metroidvania game, I'd exhaust all my extra options of where I could go. And then I'd go back to that one place where it told us to go originally. And for some reason, the door would be unlocked. I'm like, <laughs> did we do something special? I don't know. I, we We really couldn't tell. But... As far as just like a, a fun co-op experience goes, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. It had a lot of nice humor to it. It, it has a you know a certain amount of complexity to it that uh, at least a lot of older brawlers didn't have, especially with all those extra moves. And you can get all of them as you you know you're beating up thugs. You get cash. You can buy you can buy moves, and you can also buy items uh, that give you like little passive boosts to certain types of moves and things like that. So there's some some type of customization there. But uh, I think it's definitely worth a look. And I think I it's... Think it's uh, I want to say maybe it's 30 bucks. I'm not really I mean, sure, that's though. not terrible for a game that, that looks that good, especially. Yeah. And I mean, it's actually relatively long, too. I mean, we played it for, I don't know, probably four or five hours. And I don't feel like we actually got that far into it. So... There's a there's a lot more uh, at least as far as the uh, the lore of the game made it sound like there was more going on. Yeah, got to, might have to check that one out. You said that's that's like thirty bucks. You think? I yeah, it's either thirty or forty. I, I know some of those some of those indie indie games are getting a little bit more expensive, but this one uh, got developed by WayForward and Arc System Works, so you know it's awesome. That's true. That's a win win right there. And like I said, we played that on Switch, but I think it is also on pretty much every other platform as well. I think so. I know I watched, I just watched a video on Completionist, and I think he said, like, to actually beat it, beat it, you had to beat it, like, two or three times to get to the final boss or something. So I'd say there probably is a lot of, you know, quite a few hours of gameplay there. Thank God for Gerard to figure that out for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Poor good guy. Man. Poor guy. I guess I could kind of segue into the next game. I think one of the most recent games he had on the completionist was 
an absolutely amazing game that is getting no love that everyone should pick up. And that's Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Yeah, that one's not been getting much coverage at all. But I knew that that would be right up your alley. And you did uh, you did say, like a, I think it was like a week or two before that came, you're like, that's all I'm going to be playing. Yep. When that comes that's out. That's been the most of what I've been playing lately. God, it's so good. It's... How, how strange that that came out of that 3D platformer that was just going to be a throwback to the old 3D platformers, you know, the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And then you got this classic out of it. That's pretty That's pretty dope. Well, that is. I mean, it makes sense. It's the, a bunch of the X-Rare guys out there. And the music is done by Grant Kirkhope and David Wise. So it's freaking epic. They pray are the, the best of the business, at least in the, the West, for sure, with music, in my opinion. My gosh, yeah, it's a, for anyone that doesn't know, Ukulele and the Impossible Air, the original Ukulele was, like you said, like a, a take on a, a newer Banjo-Kazooie, like a rare platformer of the late 90s, early 2000s. And then this one is a take on Donkey Kong Country, which is what they cut their teeth on in the mid-90s, which are some of my, especially the original trilogy, are three of my favorite games of all time. Just period. And, I mean, this is, Basically, their take on an updated revival of that, kind of the vein of like Tropical Freeze, and man, it's good. So good. Well, for, from the sounds of that, you'd say it's it's just as good as any of them at this point. Oh, it is. I'd say it's, I mean, Tropical it's, Freeze has some of the best level design, especially in anything modern of any game, a 2D platformer I can think of. It's just fantastic. Ukulele is just the same way, like, you could definitely slap, you know, Donkey and Diddy in here, and you wouldn't, you'd think it was just a Donkey Kong Country game, which is about the highest praise I can give. Yeah, well, yeah, that does sound pretty good. So you don't think there's any, like, honeymoon phase going on here with it, since it's the most recent release? No, or... I mean, I, I definitely don't. I mean, if you've seen any of the, the coverages from reviewers and stuff, it's getting like high eights or nines, upward of like review scores of like 10 out of 10s, pretty much everywhere. I mean, it's getting a lot of love, so I don't think it's just nostalgia colored glasses for me. So it, they have a unique take. Like the very first level you play is the uh, the titled Impossible Lair. And it's kind of like, you know, like in Breath of the Wild, you can t- technically go to Ganon at the beginning. Well, this actually starts you out at the last level period, the impossible layer, and then you just, I mean, you're going to die quick. Does it have like a a prerequisite RPG fight that you can't win? No, you can technically beat the impossible layer in your first playthrough if you're good enough. That's what, cool. I mean, Gerard said it about killed him, but he finally did. It took like 70 or 80 hours of just playing oh. the first level over and over of just oh that, God. so... Oh because God. the level itself legitimately takes about a half hour. Now, does the does that level now is part of the reason why you would want to go through the rest of the game outside of the fact that the developers are like, well, most most everybody is going to die here regardless um, until they come back and actually challenge themselves. Does the level get harder or easier as you go through the rest of the game? Like, yes. Like, okay. So I'll I'll kind of explain the system. So overall, ukulele, it's a like a chameleon or iguana, whatever Yuka is, and then Lele is a bat. And when you get hit in this game, you basically have um, two, like, not necessarily HP. You get hit once, and your little bat buddy Yuka, she flies around like a, 
Baby Mario, pretty much in Super Mario World. Gotcha. Two in Yoshi's Island. Mm-hmm. And then if you get her back in time, I mean, you get your hit back. But she has kind of like all your abilities, or a lot of them are tied to her, too. So if you lose her, then you're left with basically all you can do is jump on people's heads. Like, you lose your ability to spin and ground pound and roll and whatnot. Now that very Banjo-Kazooie-esque, then. Yeah, or just like kind of like Donkey and Diddy in like the Returns and Tropical Freeze, where like if you have Diddy with Donkey, it's like a jetpack and stuff. Otherwise, you can basically just jump. And the Impossible Layer, like like I was saying, the, the level itself takes about a half hour, but as you go through the game, every level, at the end of the level, you rescue a bee which is like a point of HP. And there's 40 levels in the game, and there's like eight extra hidden bees around there. So technically, you have like 48 hit points. You can get hit 48 times if you like complete everything and then do the impossible layer. Okay. And it's still not easy if you have like all your bees and stuff and all the hit points to go through. Like the level is still pretty challenging. Okay. So in my mind, what I was thinking is like you go and you like beat different, let's say, like worlds in the main game. And like maybe it would like disable like certain types of traps in the level. But no, that everything ma- that, stays the same. That that probably makes more sense. My idea was just cooler. I mean, it was a pretty cool idea, but you need to play this. I think you might. <laughs> I don't know Change if you actually tune. like this game since you don't do 2D platformers. But oh, yeah, it's probably. A good game. Uh, you know, I like the I like a lot of the Donkey Kong Country games, not nearly as much as you do. Um, those would be platformers that I would actually go back and you know revisit. Um, from from everything I've seen, it looks it looks really cool. The uh, you know the the platforming and level design, like you said, uh, looks pretty top notch overall. And I gotta say, I love the graphics for sure. Yeah, and uh, every level is it's kind of unique. There's technically twenty levels, but they all have like a an A side and a B side. So on the regular one, it's say just a regular level, and then the overworld is actually uh, a 3D platformer kind of, which is very odd, but it's actually kind of cool. Okay. And you you solve puzzles and you go through and you unlock the regular world might just be solid ground, and you might a bunch of water on it, and then it turns to like a water world on like the flip side, and then the level just be like nothing like it was, basically completely different. So there's really, like, with the A side and the B side, that makes it 40 levels instead of 20. Okay, that's awesome. And then, you like, you rescue a B from each one, so you get, you know, hit points from each level and whatnot. And you, uh, One of the cooler things, there's a character called Trouser. He's a little snake, and um, you pay him. Literally, he calls them paywalls. And to, to go further through the game, you have to unlock his paywalls and pay him. Is a, a great, just, you know shot at all these AAA developers like Ubisoft and EA paying for all the microtransactions. You have to literally pay for his paywalls to advance through the game. I appreciate that, for sure. Yeah, it's getting their shots in. I'm, I'm glad the game is getting reviewed well. I'm glad you really liked it, but I hope it sells well for, obviously, the sake of the franchise, because obviously the fran- franchise is uh, doing pretty well. Both games have been pretty uh, critically applauded at this point. So hopefully you'll see more 2D games like that from them. That would yeah, be awesome. I think, I think Platonic, I think they're doing all right. They got a crap ton of money from the Kickstarter for the original ukulele. So hopefully the Impossible Layer, I just hope they stay in this direction, don't go back to 3D. Or, I mean, worst case scenario, they alternate. I think I think you and me and 
in almost every scenario we take 2d over 3d we feel like we sound like old people but there's just something just i don't know if it's just more more fun that's not necessarily true but it just it speaks to us more the the gameplay is almost always more engaging like a, a completionist is i don't like to go hunt through the one you know missing coin or quill or trinket or whatever have like a complete level i'd rather be able to go through a level like from left to right 2d than have to just search for every last thing like a collectathon but that's just me no i agree i, I never really liked those god forbid somebody like 100 percent of donkey kong 64 oh god gosh. save your soul <laughs> yeah <sighs> pretty pretty crazy but i agree with you there well let's let's stay on the 2d train a little bit shall we Yes. Uh, I know this is a title that you uh, you told me that you had finished maybe last year or the year before. I don't know. It's been out for a while. A, a Capcom classic that, uh, while I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, this is a game that's been on my radar for, I don't know, probably, I guess it's been out for like five years at this point. And oh, that is, yeah, yeah that's uh, Capcom's latest Strider. And that this came out, uh, I think it's on the consoles and Steam at this point, at least PS4. Yeah, PS3. Oh, I yeah, believe. that's right. Yeah, it came out that long ago. That's true. Yeah, it's like 2013 or 14. I, I think it say. was 14. I want to say it was 14. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Capcom decided to go uh, a little different with the Strider franchise at this point. Traditionally, before they were just like basically arcade uh, split yeah, up into level guide and yeah. rip off kind of thing yeah and it was never i never preferred it over ninja guide it was okay yeah. um my favorite was still up until this point strider 2 on the mm-hmm. original playstation thought the game was really tight uh but this they took strider and put it in metroidvania formula and it's <laughs> astounding that i haven't played it up until this point i i'd actually put in maybe an hour into it uh when i picked it up like really deep discount like three four dollars yeah that's that's what i picked it up several years ago and i feel like i told you about it and i'm surprised you didn't pick it back up and be like man this is awesome you you probably did and i just ignored it um because <laughs> yeah because obviously when i when i text you i was like god dude if you played this game you're like yeah so clearly i'd forgot yeah <laughs> but wow what a what a what a good game that is like i i don't even know how to say it more than that like i didn't actually think in my mind when i heard that they were going to do that that i thought it was going to work out that well but it, it it is kind of a fresh take on it in you know just the fact that it's you know fast-paced you know ninja action put into a big sprawling world and one of the cool things that they they did with it that i think really changed up the pace for me was just how kind of like open and big like each one of the areas is. It's not just built, put into like small rooms and hallways, kind of like your traditional Metroid or Castlevania game, but there's just big uh, rooms that you can jump all over, and obviously you can wall cling and you know crawl along the ceiling and, and things of that nature. It actually kind of feels like you're actually like exploring like cities. Yeah, like when you fill up like tick. Typically in a Metroidvania, you see the map in the upper left corner or whatever, just kind of the, the blue area you're trying to uncover. Like in Strider, you might fall into a like a, a room on a ship or something, and then the room is just ginormous. Like you said, you can wall climb to uncover more of it. It's just a lot of exploration that you can do in just a single room, which is different. 
Yeah, you know, I think that was part of the reason why I may have put it down at first. It wasn't that I wasn't having fun, but it was kind of overwhelming because I saw how big the map was, how big those areas were. And for me, I like to meticulously explore uh, like each one of the options that I have. And Strider's so fast paced that having the big open area it should not be as intimidating to you as it feels because you're just bouncing all over the place, destroying enemies all the time, just swinging your sword, throwing kunai, all that cool ninja stuff. And I think that is why I, you know, walked away from it for a little bit, but I'm glad I revisited it because it's a lot of fun and it has a different take on it. And I'd say definitely for anybody, uh, like I know you did, you really enjoyed the messenger, mm-hmm. same kind of really fast, fluid combat mixed in with that Metroidvania. Well, I'll even say combat. that they made me kind of care a little bit about the world of Strider, which I had zero cares for before that i didn't I'll have to all. ask you why that's the case i know there is a narrative but i didn't really pay attention to it it was you know it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible and did you kind of did you read into it at all as far as like the different cyborgs and his master and whatnot well i haven't finished it oh okay i am I actually want to say I'm only about 30% of the way through it. I started this like three days before I went on travel for a week for work. And I played ah. it pretty much as nonstop as I could for those three days. So I, like the last thing, like the last major thing I recall doing was I killed like that dude who looks like Storm Eagle, that like green dude <laughs> with the jetpack. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and then I got a little bit further than that. I got a bunch of got, got a bunch of fun upgrades so yeah, I don't really remember a whole lot of the story at this point. I just remembered I liked a lot of the cool powers that you unlocked. Like I liked the options and you get your little like cyber animals like Strider has that I always remember from Marvel versus Capcom games. But in here you get to uh, use them to do certain types of exploration, things like that. It's, it's definitely a good game. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting much. I think I bought it for, like you said, like, Two fifty, three bucks, four bucks, something like that. Like it was some some deep discount on PSN at one time, and I was like, man, this is actually pretty fun because those games I don't really expect. Uh, if, like if I don't beat it, it's kind of whatever. I paid like two or three bucks for it, but actually went through and finished it. It's like, ah, it's a good time. Yeah, that for me that is almost more of a you know a sterling review at that point because games that I buy at a discount. I have a much easier time just walking away from if I'm not having a really good time. So that says something there. Especially the gaming landscape we're in this day and age where there's, you know, seems like five games a week coming out. I want to play, which obviously I'm not going to, but yeah, that's true. So much out there. Well, I, even back then, like 2014, that was obviously the PS3, Xbox 360 days. And there was a ton of good games coming out on those. Oh, yeah. uh, the, you know, those network platforms and Strider was just one that kind of got lost in the shuffle for me a little bit. But I'm glad I got the opportunity to play it now. And I'm certainly um, going to try and finish it before the end of the year. That's one of my goals. <laughs> How many more you got left on your list here? Do you want to talk about? I got about? two more. What about you? You got two more? I'll see. I, I have three more. So I'm going to knock another one out real quick, I think. Go and this is it. This would be real short. This is a game that... Uh, I should have played a long time ago as well. Very similar to Strider. Um, it's a it's a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time on the Super Nintendo. Uh, I was on travel for work last week and I took my 3DS with me, which is a, a system that is criminally underused. 
I, I left with a couple games. I was like, you know what? If I find this other game for cheap, I'm going to pick it up. Found it for 20 bucks, picked it up. And that's uh, uh, Zelda uh, Link Between Worlds. Oh, yeah. I played that several years ago. See, you're playing all the games that I should be playing way before me. It doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> I love Zelda Link to the Past. And I know I love it way more than you do. That's true. Not even, a, yeah, not even a competition there. Um, but yeah, that that's a that's a very good time. And I've only put probably two hours into it. I actually ended up getting into another game during that trip uh, that I didn't think I would. I don't know if I necessarily, you know, if if I buy all the reviews on, you know, hey, it's you know, it's it's a good successor to a link to the past. I have uh, so much nostalgia for that game. It's unreal. But I like, <laughs> you know, I like the the art style on the 3DS. I'm I'm interested in seeing how that, uh, you know, that weapon rental system works out and all that good stuff. But uh, just getting to go back to that same world and experience it in this this new 3D graphic style, as well as getting to, like, you know, uh, visit some of the old townsfolk, things like that. It's uh, and obviously here the music remixed. It's, uh, it's a very great nostalgia trip as far as i'm concerned so far and it's only been an hour how far are you i'm curious it's like an hour or two like i don't i haven't even done a dungeon yet oh one of my least favorite things about it is actually the rental system i could see why because it definitely flies in the face of the the typical design yeah it makes it i know they say breath of the wild is the first you know open world zelda but it really you can do any of the dungeons in any order, which is very weird. But if you get into those dungeons and you don't have the right tool, you need to you need to hoof it back to town and get the right tool. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of times you'll need to use that tool to get into, you know, said dungeon. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. That that that's a good gating mechanism, so you don't like waste an hour. Yeah, for sure. It's just very odd that. I'm used to kind of the the progression of power, and especially the 2D Zeldas of old. I haven't played, haven't beaten a ton of the 3D ones. I've played a lot of them, just not a huge fan. But, you know, like the 2D ones, typically there's a set path for you to go. And with the rental system, it's kind of free reign. Yeah, it, it kind of, it, it sort of takes away that empowerment curve a little bit that makes those games uh, really enjoyable for me. It, I mean, if anybody asks me, I think a Zelda game is basically a Metroidvania game as well. Like, literally, there's so much of that DNA between the two of them. But the rental system kind of giving you that free reign, but also giving you the option, uh, I guess probably near the end of the game, you know, if you get a lot of rupees, you can actually buy the, the tools. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know how excited I am for that type of progression, but I'm I'm trying to keep my my options open. I don't want to damn it before I play it. No, I mean, as much love as you have too for Link to the Past, I think that you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. I'm just curious to hear what your take is on that rental system. Well, uh, my take on it so far is I haven't experienced it. <laughs> I mean, have you played not so far? I know what it is right now, and you don't have one, but I just wanted to give my first impression. It. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but definitely looking forward to playing that one, too. What else you got for us? Well, my next one, probably not going to be able to talk a whole lot on, too, because I haven't. I just started playing it uh, a couple nights ago, and just my wife had fallen asleep already, and I was just looking at stuff on Game Pass. And I was like, oh, 
Blazing Chrome, I'm pretty sure that's the kind of the indie 2D, you know, Contra-inspired game that just came out. That we and all sure wanted. Enough, yeah. Not Konami. the one Konami gave us. God, I have been having so much fun listening to reviews just shit all over that game. Ugh. Did you try the demo yet? No. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> Are you bad. shitting all over it? I mean, well, for one thing, why do you have an overheating mechanic? That's the dumbest thing ever in a Contra game. Dude, I didn't even know that. They didn't even explain that in the trailer, and I and I heard about that, and I was like, this literally got worse than I imagined. Yeah, without there... that, it would just been like a generic twin-stick shooter. Yeah, just imagine it's, Contra okay 3 with a stamina system for your guns. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh my gosh, it's not even... I'm like, I can look past the fact that it's, you know, it's super ugly, it looks terrible. And it's what isometric. I, yeah, like, I have the, that next Machina game I bought a while ago, it's like a real good, you know, isometric twin-stick shooter what this game should have been. Yeah, I mean, they exist for sure, but it's not our Contra. No. And man, that game is brutal yeah and you can overheat your weapons which is the worst part of it and it takes like two seconds and then you have to you know stop because you're gonna overheat is there anything redeeming about it i know we're totally we will give the we will give uh blazing chrome it's it's fair shakes because it deserves it <laughs> you know they have like people have unique supers i guess that could be redeeming ish well that's a cool addition <laughs> yeah that's uh that's all i got yeah, okay. i to give something yeah, two out of ten, just for that. Super better than uh, 2K20. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, let's get back to Blazing Chrome though. So Blazing Chrome, um, I mean, have you have you been able to look at the game at all? I I've definitely seen it uh, uh, in motion, and it looks like everything that I would want a sequel to Contra Three and Contra Four on the uh, is that on the DS, DS. or the 3DS? Yeah, I can't remember. The DS. Exactly what I want. So Get literally, on. if you just watch the game, it's set up like an arcade game, even like the trailer and everything. When it comes on, it just kind of keeps repeating like they have it. It just gave me such a throwback to actually like walking into an arcade and watching, you know, the game go through its its opening that lasts like 30 seconds to a minute with that like awesome 2D hand drawn like, I don't know, like Ninja Gaiden-esque cutscenes vibe it's just it's so freaking good where it's got like 2d sprites like flying in from each direction yeah. with a little bit of animation yes yeah, that's a yeah that's a good one i like those so you could tell they they hit the aesthetic they were going for perfectly and then you jump into the game and it's i mean it tells the you know a real you know generic awesome story like in the year 21 xx so and so and like you know sets it up for all 30 seconds so you can go shoot stuff and you pick between two characters, and you just... I mean, the the sprites are nice and big, which kind of gives it a little bit of a a Metal Slug vibe, I guess. Dude, like, I got a real Forgotten Worlds vibe from it when I saw it for the first time. The only thing that I wouldn't, because, I mean, you don't necessarily fly like you're actually on foot. No, I was just, like, aesthetically, that's what I was oh, getting. Oh, yeah. I could, that's where yeah, I was I getting it. Yeah, for sure, because it's even in, like, the like a post-apocalypse future world you're like it's like you're like the last two survivors it's just so good so the characters are are fairly big kind of like like i said like metal slug but the gameplay is 110 percent contra um until there are mechs in the game and once you jump in a mech then it turns into metal slug 
Like, you remember the mechs from Metal Slug, like, you can fire, and it seems like about 57 different directions? Yeah. Yep, the mechs are kind of, like, ripped straight from Metal Slug, so it goes from uh, Contra to Metal Slug once you get in the mech. Do they have any speeder your... bike sections? I haven't beaten it yet, so I don't oh. know. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you did say three days ago, and I can't imagine that game's all that long, but... Uh, it was, like, it was two nights ago. It was Friday night. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I didn't play, like, anything yesterday, so... I haven't really played anything since then. But no, I, I think, like, at the beginning, you could choose anywhere from four different levels, and I beat two of them so far, so I'm hoping there's more stuff after that, like, at least a few, like, extra stages, kind of like Mega Man. But yeah, I, well, yeah I was going to ask you that, so yeah, so just let you do a level select. That's good. Um, what about the weapon system? Do you Can you hold two or multiple weapons and swap them out? You can four weapons. What? Yeah. So are they ones that you find throughout the stage, or are they four predetermined ones? No, you find oh. them throughout the stage. You find different power-ups, exactly like Contra. I mean, you straight awesome. up find the power-ups, you keep the slot, you can you know switch between them, and of course, if you get hit, it's back to your crappy regular old gun. That sounds and amazing. You get, like, um, I just played in normal mode. There's, like, normal, hard, and then you have to, like, unlock expert after you beat a normal or something, I think, where... You get like three or four lives per stage, but you have unlimited continues, so which is the the best way. I mean, I hate that's the thing I don't like about the Metal Slug games that have the home ports. Is you usually have unlimited lives, so it kind of takes away from the tension, the experience. Yeah, there's none whatsoever. And then yeah. the Contra games, you you never have enough lives, so uh, without yeah. a code, you like can't get Whew. through it. Yeah, that's rough. You can't even use the Konami code on this one. No, but at least you have a set amount. <laughs> exactly. You got a set amount of lives that's probably fair, and I'd imagine at least you can, you know, have some practice and get better, kinda like a uh, hardcore uprising, one of our favorites. Ah, yes. Yeah, so are are there any other different systems to it, or is that pretty much it? It is just those four weapons and then otherwise it is just pure Contra esque goodness. No, I mean there was definitely a like an on, not let's say on rails, but like a moving scrolling section I played through in one of the levels. So I don't know. They'll probably throw more um, different mechanics out there. Like I thought just in the first level, I think there was like four different bosses, which is oh, always awesome. Yeah, this is like game of 2019 as far as yeah. I'm concerned. It's, it's right up awesome. there. If you, were, if you were around and not, you know, like a gazillion miles away, it's going to be a sweet co-op game. Yeah, I agree. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds great. I definitely need to pick that up. Oh, boy. I'm Konami, please. play it some more tonight. Maybe be able to beat it. I don't know. There you go. Well, hopefully that unlocks like four more stages. That'd be nice. Or at least yeah. a few extra stages. Because on the stage select, too, there's a, a difficulty section. So you kind of know what you're getting in for. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how much was that one? Uh, game Pass, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, game Pass, who cares? <laughs> yeah, so I was I like, yeah, as I say, I think it's like 15, 20 bucks, which isn't so bad. I, I can't imagine it's more than it, like 15. It's better than Contra, the, the new Contra game that's 40 bucks with a $5 season pass. <laughs> it's oh got my. a season pass? Yeah, it's got a four ninety nine <laughs> season pass. Oh, there's Ooh. pretty enough to be more, any more content. Well, I don't know, they're already charging for it, so... Does it mean they're going to release it? Yeah, it might be to fund the new pachinko machine. You don't know. 
Or Metal Gear Survive 2. What a well-worn joke that is. <laughs> Especially on this podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up. I definitely need to pick that one up. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. Well, let's continue. Just keep going old school games that are... Or types of games that are getting revived. I can't say the Contra series has been revived because it's been murdered again. Um, so this is a game on the 3DS as well that came out uh, a couple years ago. And it was one that I was a little disappointed in. I'm not going to lie. It may have came out at a, a bad time for me and I may have just been like a little... Ah, maybe not in the mood for it. I don't know why because I was super stoked for it. And that is Metroid Samus Returns. And oh. uh, yeah, this is one that I, I I was I was hitting the back catalog pretty good the last month, and this is one that I uh, I took on my uh, my business trip with my 3ds. I was like, I'm gonna give this one another another fair shake, so I'm gonna give this one the Hollow Knight treatment, and maybe I'll like it. <laughs> and uh, so I I picked it up again, and you know I looked at my previous files. I you know I played it for like five six hours. Got the certain way certain amount of the way through it and i was like i'm just gonna start a new file take it fresh and uh i've you know i've been playing it the last week and i finally got to a point where i was just like you know all the things that bugged me about it when it came out i kind of just i kind of had to remove myself from what i was expecting from the previous games you know like getting to use the d-pad to control your character things of that nature which kind of irked me at first, because you have to use the stick to move your character. Not what I want in a 2D game, in most cases. But I kind of just, you know, let all that go. A couple of the new systems that they introduced, I tried to just like, you know, I'm just like, whatever. I'm going to use it and have a good time with it. And uh, I got about a third of the way through the game. It all clicked, and I'm having a blast with it now. That's good. I thought maybe it was because... I mean, I know AM2R obviously came out, and that game was, it was awesome. I mean, I played it and really liked it, and they had the cease and desist on it. I actually like the way that game looks, like the graphical style from that a lot more than the Samus Returns remake. I don't know if that turned you off a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I definitely don't like the uh, 2.5D graphic style that they got going on, but um and yes i agree am2r was a beautiful game very reminiscent of the old game boy advance titles uh fusion and zero mission and that was a great title in its own right um this was just an interesting different take on a remake to obviously metroid 2 um which was a sequel to the original metroid that came out on the game boy i think there's there's definitely places for both of them, even though I was upset with Nintendo for obviously like the cease and desist and then them making this remake what seemed like in response to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't blame them for doing that. I mean, they had to have this in development at the same time as AM2R. If nothing else, it's not like they're like, OK, cease and desist, we're making our own. Yeah, poor guy. I wish they would have cease and desisted before that. Like, it's not like nobody knew about it. Hey, at least he got it out there, so now we can play it. We're a fan of it before, so yeah. I'd rather do it after. <laughs> sure, yeah, they're well. I I agree with that because it's a it's a quality game, and everybody should play it and send that guy some money because he spent <laughs> a hell of a lot of time on it. But uh, Samus Returns on the 3DS, it it, it kind of brought in a couple new systems uh, into the formula. One of those being like a melee counter, which enemies will like do a little like wind up, and they'll like charge you. And if you counter them at the right time, it'll kind of just like 
put them, you know, in like a prone position and you can kill them in way fewer arm cannon blasts or whatever. So and like stun them then basically. Yeah, it stuns them. Uh, or like if they're an armored enemy, it'll make them like susceptible less to yeah. Susceptible is a good word. I was gonna say less immune, but I like susceptible better. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a good tactic that works on pretty much every enemy. And, and by the time I got to the end of the game, uh, I'd gotten a lot better at it, and it kind of just like made most enemies just like really easy. So it's kind of like that, you know, player mastery sort of situation. Um, another way to look at it would be just like a parry mechanic in a fighting game or an action game. And it also you know, rewards you if you do it well. You get uh, you get extra like health pickups and missiles and things from enemies. So that's nice. Um, the other thing that they introduced that I really like is this thing called the Aeon uh, system, which is like an extra little bar that you get uh, that allows you to use these different powers that you get throughout the game. And you get four different ones. Um, I probably won't talk about all of them. I feel like some of them are a little bit of a spoiler, but you get one that like lets you scan walls and the area around the map. And it kind of, you know, shows you different points of interest before you might get there. And you also get like one that gives you like a, like a shield or like a stronger arm cannon, things like that. And these use up this meter kind of like a, a stamina meter or something, if you will, but it can be refilled as you kill enemies. And it just gives you uh, another option of attack outside of your, you know, your your beam cannon, your charge beam cannon, and then um, your missiles and bombs and things like that. So it was, it was another cool resource and option that allowed for uh, different ways of traversal, so different Metroidvania-esque abilities, as well as different ways to, you know, fight different uh, monsters. So, and then, you know, all of that gets, you know, taken into... Uh, regular encounters, and then obviously Metroid 2, the, the claim to fame was you fight a lot of Metroids, and that's how it like gates progression and things like that at certain points. And those battles are pretty fun. Um, I thought that they uh, they didn't keep them necessarily quite as fresh as I would have liked, because they do repeat a lot of the same ones, because I think you fight like 50 of them, and I think there's cool. only like 5 variants, something like that. Oh, wow. And um, you fight a lot of the easy variants along the way. But one of the I mean, one of the cool things I like about it, though, is you see the progression of your character as as you get new abilities and like new beams and things for your arm cannon. You see how much easier they are to kill as you progress. So while they're introducing these harder variants of the Metroids, you're also getting to fight the occasional uh, lesser one that you can take down in a fraction of the time before. So it kind of makes you feel like more of a badass as you go along, even though it is a little monotonous that you have to fight uh, so many of the same ones. Yeah, that's always a good feeling in a Metroidvania, especially one um, like Metroid where you don't necessarily just level up. You got that, you know, the power progression. You actually feel yourself getting stronger. Yeah, and it's much more noticeable, like, instantly. Like, it, you'll, you'll very quickly after getting like a new a new beam upgrade you'll see that you're killing enemies in like half the shots just like right away and they stack on top of each other and eventually you're just like a sprinting gatling gun uh, <laughs> so i i always enjoy that so um they definitely got all the, the the cool upgrades that you would expect you know obviously like the double jump space jump screw attack morph ball 
Um, they also got, it was the first iteration of the spider ball, which lets you, you know, cling onto walls and kind of go along edges and things like that. So there's a lot more vertical exploration, ex especially early on in the game. A lot more use of the morph ball for puzzles and exploration. Um, but, you know, you got your grapple beam and super missiles and things like that. So you're always, you know, you're always getting your your upgrades along the way, and then going back to previous areas, finding different power-ups and things like that. So once I got past those initial hiccups with the game, um, it was definitely a return to form. And I, I don't know, have a blast with it right now. Uh, I looked at my file. I think I, I've been playing it for like eight or nine hours, and I'm only halfway to map completion, which I'm pretty surprised wow. by. Yeah, now, I don't know. You get close to beating a Metroid in that amount of time when they give you that percentage, I can't tell if that's map percentage or like full completion, like all the items and things too. I don't know yet. Um, but I feel like I have like most of the powers at this point. So I feel like I'm actually closer to finishing the game than I think I am, but uh, we'll have to see. And uh, it's definitely going to be a, a game that I, I go ahead and replay because I think uh, while I don't think it's necessarily as good as like super Metroid or even the two game boy advance games, it, it it's much higher quality than I initially gave it uh, uh, something for. <laughs> gave it credit for? <laughs> yeah, that I gave it credit for. Well, those yeah. three games you mentioned there were all three super high quality games too. So it's hard to, to match those. Yeah. And I'd say for Nintendo's kind of just like return to its classic 2D franchise, which it desperately needed to do. Got it. Sometimes it just sucks being a Metroid fan. Um I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, I think they could have... I think they played it a little safe, which I understand why they did it, but, you know, they added enough new things in there to make it, it, it worth a playthrough, for sure. E even for people that aren't, a, aren't huge fans and uh, people that are just trying to kill time until Metroid Prime 4. So, hopefully we'll see more in this vein. I mean, that came out, I want to say, like, September, October 17th. Yeah, that sounds a couple years ago. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking it came out about then. So that's one of the the last big uh, 3DS games I remember getting released. Definitely the last one that I bought when it came out. That's yeah. for sure. Probably, I've never been a huge Metroid guy, but I can definitely respect the series. And it's a. I feel like Super Metroid solid. ruined you with your shitty battery. It did. The freaking screw the book broker. And their yeah. crappy battery. What an inside joke that is. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. Screw the book broker. Money well spent <laughs> there. You put a new battery in there, you could you could flip that game pretty good now. I'd say so. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. It's still going to smell like chain smoke, but... <laughs> it's, it's more of a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The last game I'm going to be talking about is actually one that I didn't didn't expect to pick back up and i know you played the game too and i think we both thought about the same thing of it we're not too much of a fan and it's probably gonna surprise you but the last thing i've been playing is a uh, final fantasy 15 yeah that it does surprise me i'm trying oh. to figure out what was going on in your life that turned <laughs> this on well i i picked up final fantasy 15 um it's the royal edition for 10 bucks Okay, did you get it digital or 
physical copy. Yeah, you got it. You got it physical. Good old Walmart. Where did you pick it up for ten bucks? I usually only see it for like twenty. Dude, go to Walmart. <laughs> I telling oh, you. Good lord. Get your games at Walmart. Who would have guessed? But I mean, I've it's one of the most interesting just case studies in general between a game when it came out in 2016 that game was not finished i mean it was just there were so many things left out i don't know how far you actually played it i played it for probably i don't know probably like 10 hours originally i I played it for about five i got to the point where you could start fishing and i stopped Okay, I, I stopped after um like the Titan fight, which is probably after the point that you stopped. So. Yeah, I never I never made it there. That would have awed me into maybe at least another hour worth of play. I mean, that was that's the only thing that was good at the time was the uh the spectacle of just the the combat, even though the combat is super shallow and you basically hold circle. But um, with the roll edition and actually all the DLC, so it has the uh episode you know prompto ignis and gladio and then the comrades dlc that was the the multiplayer co-op stuff and then the full game and then some other random crap too if all that stuff was actually in the original game the original game would have been a good game it would have actually made sense like the story of 15 by itself with the base game I don't even know if you got far enough to, but it felt like super incomplete, at least to me. And it felt like that there was just no reason to care about these four bros on a car trip. Well, did you not watch the uh, the movie that came out before the King's Glaive? And... Oh, I did. It was terrible. I thought. Okay. <laughs> it was well, super no, I, boring. I did too, and I thought, yeah, I'm right there with you. And then there was there was also like that. Wasn't there well, like that side scrolling like a... brawler game too that came out? Was well, there's it? I don't. I don't know if that's... I mean, probably is somewhere. I know there's, like, an anime that's about some of the characters, too, that's about, like, their past. Yeah, but what a terrible way to, like, try to make a game into a franchise. Oh, it's just atrocious. If they would actually release this full game, because I just kind of picked up a, a guide just from, like, people on the internet, basically, like, how are you supposed to play this game? Because it'll say, like... You know, on like chapter six, play like episode Gladio of the DLC because that's where it fits in the story. Because you shouldn't play it at the end, which is really stupid. So, like, I followed a guide through it, and it's actually been pretty freaking good if you like go into it and follow the guide. Actually, the the DLCs are basically prologues for the characters, and they actually make you care about the characters. So it ends up making the game better and the story overall a lot better. And like the the main dude, uh, Noxus. Is, well, I was gonna say, well, yeah, Noctis is the main guy, but like the main villain, like uh, starts with like Ard Argus or Arden or something, whatever the heck his name is. Sure, I forgot whatever his name is or something. Like he's actually pretty decent and a pretty good villain but like none of that's explained through the regular game like it's all explained through the dlcs and stuff and is he follow, is he one of those villains like final fantasy tradition that just kind of like shows up at the end of the game no he's he's there the entire time and he's like not like a quote-unquote bad guy until he does a big like reveal and turn toward the end well that sounds kind of 
that seems traditional enough, even though, yeah, you normally just don't know about this, like, cosmic horror that shows up at the end of the game. Yeah, he's just, like, a dude. Yeah, that seems cooler. Or whatever his name is, but, yeah, he's kind of a mixture of, like, Kafka and, I don't know, someone that's, like, more of a dude and less douchey, I guess. It's <laughs> 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 a great description, I know. But if you actually go through and play the game in like their the internet's intended order, it actually makes a lot of sense and makes you kind of care about the characters and story and whatnot. And I'm actually having a really good time with it, which I didn't expect at all. I'm glad we're hitting our backlogs real good this week. <laughs> After yeah. a month of so much like awesome stuff coming out, we we're not playing like anything new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to save some money, guys. Give us a break. Hundred percent. Well, yeah, that, that... if you ever do find that game for like ten bucks, I would say pick it up and give it a shot and find a convoluted walkthrough and follow it. Yeah, so it. don't even don't even try if I don't have all the <laughs> DLC. Yeah, basically, don't try. I think I still have to like technically, I'd have to buy the very last episode which follows the main bad guy. But we'll see if I actually get through all of this game with the DLC and I want to get to that point. Right. right now, it's surprisingly actually making sense. If they had released the game like at launch like this, I think a lot of people would have really liked it. I hope so. I don't know. Man, if they would have released the game like that, though, they wouldn't have made they wouldn't have gotten close to making all their money back. But well, they that's true, too. They already went big time in the hole after releasing all this DLC, too, which is crazy. Yeah, I don't like I feel like there's just been so much like supporting content to try to make anybody give a shit. Even they after just, like paid uh, Epic Games and used their engine instead of building their own. This game wasn't taken 47 years to make. Yeah, was that like the Crystal Engine or something like that? Something like that. It was their own in-house engine they built only for this game, and it cost them, I forgot how many millions of dollars. Yeah, I bet they're not using that for the remake. No. No. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that if they would actually release this version of the game, I mean, you still have to play like the DLC and know when to play it for it to make sense, so that's still really stupid. But if you have a walkthrough and the Royal Edition, and play it in the intended order, it's actually a good time. Hmm. Maybe I'll just play the Pocket Edition on my iPhone. <laughs> she said you want something for the Switch. It's on there, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the Pocket Edition is just the regular game, though, so, you know, I wouldn't do that. Ah, fine. Fine. I like that chibi art style, though. You should just hit up Walmart, I'm telling you. They got all the deals. I need to. I don't go there often enough. All right, so I, yeah, I got one more. Um, so this was my pretty much probably my most my second most anticipated game of the year, and I know you know which one I'm going to talk about, and that's oh, going to yeah. be Borderlands Three. Um, all of the controversy in the world leading up to the release of it, but the question is, was it worth the wait? Is it any good? Does it live up to the series standards? And if you had asked me a week after it came out, I would have told you. No. Now. Interesting. This must be another scenario where I was just in the wrong mindset when it came out. But obviously I was 
I was hyped as hell for this to come out. And I played the crap out of it, or I tried to play the crap out of it for the first week. But I had to, after the first two days uh, of playing through it co-op with one of my buddies, and then also just playing through it single player, I I literally got to the point where I was about halfway through the game, and I had to like force myself to continue playing. Now, there there may be a couple reasons why that's the case, but I think the biggest one besides it just not living up to what I anticipated it to be is for one thing, I like Borderlands for the story and the humor for most games. I don't give a shit about but Borderlands has always had a pretty interesting, uh, uh, set of like humorous writers. Say what? I said humor for sure has always been on point. Yeah. The humor has been good. Uh, it's been, you know, silly, dark in some places, whatever coming out of borderlands Two, handsome Jack by one of the, the best written characters that I've ever seen in a video game. And uh, one of my care favorite characters in video games, period. So I was, I wasn't expecting, you know, that good of a story because I thought that they nailed it with that one. And, and let's be honest, they released the pre-sequel after that. And I was not disappointed by the pre-sequel. I didn't think it was as good as Borderlands 2, but I had a hell of a good time with it and played the shit out of it. So Borderlands 2 comes out. The the story and the writing just is not doing it for me. I'm the the humor overall is just cringeworthy as hell. And he, the biggest reason for this, it, my assumption is they did not have like any of the previous writers from Borderlands 2 on this game. Um I think it's because they I think a lot of them ended up leaving um, for whatever reasons. So hopefully they're they have better positions at this point. So uh, they will be missed, though. I did enjoy their writing. Um, so the story there was very hit or miss for me. I wasn't caring about any of the new characters, really any of the returning characters. And I was just like, mm, OK, this sucks. So. Uh, at the same time, one of my buddies had bought the game and he was having a blast with it. He like beat the game like twice in a week and a half. He <laughs> put probably like hundreds of hours into it in like the first three weeks. And he was having an awesome time with it. And uh, I, I just kept telling him, I'm like, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm forcing myself to play it. He's like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm really liking it. So <clears throat> there are... The good things about the game, obviously, the the combat, the shooting aspects, fantastic. Yeah, it, it's as good as it's ever been. I'd argue that uh, the the only games that probably have better FPS gameplay are probably modern Call of Duty, Halo, and Destiny. Yeah, so Bungie Sorry. and Call of Duty, basically. Yeah. But I'd say it's it. it, it for, for a, a looter shooter that's not of, you know, that vintage, if you will, uh, it's very good. And it's leagues better than the previous titles. So nothing wrong there. The loot system's cool. Uh, character progression is neat. All of the the, uh, the four uh, main vault hunters are all very distinct. And uh, they got cool skill trees, all that good stuff. So all the stuff that, like, really, you know, keeps me playing the game um and and coming back you know year after year replaying the games what was one of the other things that i remembered not liking about it because i feel like i've just been 
kind of positive about it. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the weirdest things about just like, I don't know, being adult and gaming in general is if you're just in like a certain mood, no matter like how good or bad a game is, like you can have a bad time with it now, which is kind of odd. Yeah, I definitely do get in in funks like that where just like nothing sounds good. And then I just like take a couple days off gaming. Um, that I definitely have to do from time to time. But that was not the case here. Like I actually bounced off of it and played some other games in the meantime while I was having like while I was trying to force myself to play through it one hour, two hours at a time. Now, here here's the weird thing, though. So I ended up managing to get through the game on my first playthrough. I got through it. and I was like, the ending of it was pretty good. As far as like story goes, I liked the end of it. And I got through it and I was like, OK, at this point, it's kind of like where the end game starts. You hit max level, you start grinding loot, the, the stuff that Borderland games are made out of. And yeah, it's like and, a, a looter shooter. where You don't have to be online all the time. So yep. Win. Yep. Exactly. So I started doing that stuff and I started having more fun with it. It was more the, the Borderlands that I remembered. Um but at that point, I still just couldn't understand why I didn't like the, the campaign or anything like that. But, you know, <laughs> like, like you said, uh, sometimes you're just not in the mood. I have replayed it uh, on another character and I enjoyed it more that time around. Um, it was it was less painful. Uh, still pretty cringy as far as some of the humor <laughs> goes, but you just kind of get past that and just kind of uh, enjoy uh the main elements of the game uh, as I do, because I mean, just the gameplay loop is great and literally everything outside of the writing, as far as I'm concerned, is far superior to any of the other titles, except for two things okay. that they, two big got? issues. One is definitely a um, let's call it a performance issue. Okay. It's definitely a performance issue when you open the menu of the game. So, like, you look at your character sheet, you look at your inventory, the game bogs down, goes into, like, Omega slow-mo. Why? You're looking at your menu. This should be the simplest thing in the world. But, like, just trying to go from page to page, and, or just even just sort through your guns and try to equip things, be, was a chore. Because it would just slow down so bad. And that was one of the issues I had going through the main game because you're switching out guns all the time. You're finding new stuff that you want to want to equip. And it. I just got sad every time I was like, I need to go in my inventory, get rid of a bunch of stuff because I was just like, this is going to be a pain in the ass. So that was an issue. And that still persists. They have not resolved that yet. And it is astounding. That should be issue number one. Uh, number two. Uh, local co-op mode is total garbage because performance issues. That's what I, I heard that in reviews that it was like the slowdown was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that I have no idea how that's even possible. They clearly just shouldn't have shipped it with that mode. <laughs> I'm glad they tried to put it in there because that was one of my favorite features of all of the other games. I yeah, love cash sure. co-op. I, I'll support it all day, but when it comes out as a buggy mess... Maybe save it for down the road. Um, and then one other issue. Game's got a bazillion guns. It's in the advertising. You can only store 50 guns in your safe. But that 50 guns in your safe is shared between all of your characters. So oh. if you have multiple characters, you can only store 50 guns in this one shared safe and then whatever you can hold on your backpack. 
it has less storage than the previous games. And that is bananas. I can't believe that's not the per character. Well, it, well, it <laughs> was in the original. Or in two, let's say. Let's go to two. They had, yeah. they had your character bank. They had your backpack. And they had a shared storage that you could switch gear between characters. And that was only four. You didn't put four items in there, swap them in between. But this one just has 50 shared. So they were like, well, it's going to be easier to, you know, get a, a bunch of guns, send them over to one character. But you have to create like a bunch of mule characters and just like throw your guns everywhere. Like I'm literally just like throwing guns away at this point. And I'm like, I'd like to keep that because I don't have one, but I don't have enough space. They are rectifying that they are going to be adding extra spaces and upcoming patches. So that's good. But I don't know how they didn't see that as a problem initially. And people's shared banks have just been deleting or just clearing out. <laughs> That's really a problem. That is really a problem. I've only had it happen to me once, but I've had people that's happened to multiple times. And when you're getting as much gear... I would think that'd be a reason. That's like a reason to quit the game problem. Oh, for sure. And I was very, very fortunate enough where I'd like at that point I had just gotten to end game and I was just getting like every legendary I could find, but I wasn't really attached to anything. None of it was like perfect rolls or anything like that. So it deleted all those guns and I was like, or they were like low level. They were like level 30 instead of like max level. I was just like, yeah, that's a bummer. But I got other stuff I got to, you know, grind for. So I'm not that concerned about it, but I, anybody who had been playing it like really hardcore for the first week or two and that had happened to, I would, mm, yeah, that's not okay. No, no. So, yeah, so there's a, it, it's a little rough around the edges, but I would say overall, in hindsight, now that I, you know, I've gotten a couple characters to max level and I've gotten to the, you know, <coughs> the real, you know, the gameplay loop of end game which I, I always prefer, you know, getting to, you know, figure out different character builds, find different items to support those builds, things of that nature, or just, you know, just grinding bosses with your friends, things like that. It, it's a good time. And I, it, it definitely lives up to the, the borderline, the borderlines, the borderlands <laughs> franchise as a whole. And, uh, uh, outside of the writing and those technical issues, I'd say it probably is the best in the series. Uh, if not for that stuff, just, just the gameplay in general. So, uh, it didn't let me down overall, but it definitely let me down at first. So that's, that's like half the take. games I talked about today. Yeah. Mm. Just getting cynical. Uh, I, well, that I know I am. <clears throat> my time is too limited to, to be playing stuff that I have to force my way through. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming a way more harsh critic in my old age. Maybe Jim Starling soon. <sighs> if only I could hit that peak popularity and look that cool in a top hat. That was a lot of good games right there. I gotta say, it's a lot of a lot of strange backlog that I didn't think either one of us really be talking about. No, I didn't either. And like when I thought when I thought about the games we were going to play before the episode, I was like, God, I'm not going to have any to talk about. I felt like I hadn't played any games over the last two months. Like like time had been that sparse. I got to come up with something. And then I started writing down my list. I'm like, oh, I got some classics on here. Definitely. I had to like think back on Astral Chain because it had been almost like a couple months since I played it. 
Yeah, but we yeah we had we had to talk about that. We had to talk about any of those September games because we were talking up September too much to not play some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to get Code Vein. I played, actually played and beat the demo, and I didn't like it like a first playthrough, and I tried it again, and I had a lot of fun with that. So that's gonna oh. be a Black Friday sale. Like I want to get that. What what changed on that second playthrough? Just curious. I think I made my character just look so freaking cool that I was just into it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, aesthetic appeal. That's what it is. That transmog. It's the true end game. That's right. He had a monocle and everything. Like he was, he was looking like a boss. Uh, did you, did you go melee or did you try like the, the bayonet build or the, oh, I, went, build? I went melee with the, the big old sword, like the, oh, super the great slow sword. monster hunter sword. Yeah. Those great swords are actually pretty fast in that game. I think that's why I liked it because I was like, man, this thing actually feels good. Well, maybe I need to replay that demo again. But maybe you I, do, and maybe obviously the guy I need a little to, cooler. Any game I don't like on first go, I just need to replay again because obviously it's amazing. Apparently, Final Fantasy 15 is better the second round too. So look out. Well, that's for different reasons, though. That's <laughs> they true. like rebuild the sense. game. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. If you play it with a walkthrough and a tutorial in a very certain order, it kind of makes sense. Jesus, that's so sad. That's so sad. Square, get your shit together. Seriously, for the 7 remake, it better not be like that. Well, it doesn't look like that, let's be honest. The footage we've been seeing is awe-inspiring, to say the least. It does look good. They even have the turn-based mode now for the old school. You know, diehards that don't want to convert, so... Yeah, I don't think I'm going to use that, though. Not going to lie. I'm definitely going to try the new one, for sure. I mean, yeah, it, it looks slick. It looks smooth. I, I like the I like their summoning system in there. Bringing in Ifrit, and he fights for a half hour. I mean, everything looks good. Yeah, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a... That, that's going to be my March at that point, or at least the end of March. Yep, that's true. Yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Um, and, and obviously I think next episode, I think we're going to try and shoot for our next iteration of our top hundred games. I think that's going to yep. be the goal. We will be back again with what is it? Is it 84 to 80? Uh, that sounds about right. We've been off so long. We don't remember where we are. <laughs> I think that's it. But yeah, we are, we are looking to get back on a, uh, a weekly rotation. Um, uh, plan is now every every tuesday we're gonna drop a new episode so be on the lookout there yep hit the subscriptions every tuesday we should be there yep and buck where can they find us uh you can find us on twitter we're at buck chuck gaming of course on uh soundcloud itunes give us a good old five-star review certainly appreciate it want to throw some criticism at us that's cool too just let us know hit us up that and uh, any episode ideas you guys would like us to cover, be it games, series, or just, you know, different talking points uh, in, in gaming in general. Uh, we, we, like to, uh, we like to talk about it all pretty much. So, yeah, interact with the fan base. is always a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.